Welcome to When We Speak, where we shed stigmas, say goodbye to shame, strengthen ourselves, and encourage others. I am your host, Tasha Hunter. Today, we are speaking to Bianca Lindsay about what it means to be a Black female leader in the armed forces. Bianca is a retired Chief Master Sergeant who served 30 years in our United States Air Force. She's also the only person to date in the history of the Air Force who has risen from the dietary therapy career field to Air Force Medical Service Senior Executive Management level. She held the highest position in her career field as Senior Enlisted Consultant to the Air Force Surgeon General. She's currently working as a counselor with the Montgomery Community Corrections for Domestic Violence. And the most important part of this is that Bianca is my friend, my sister, and just a complete angel to me. And so I hope that those of you who have served or who in any way, or maybe you're serving now or just support the armed forces, learn a little bit from what she had to say about her experience uh, being a leader in our Air Force. So today we have uh, Bianca Lindsay, and we're talking today about what it means to be Black in the military and, and certain challenges and whatnot and, and just leadership and all of that kind of stuff and what we face uh, being Black in the military. And I wanted to hear her voice. I, obviously, some of you guys know that I am a prior Air Force and I met her while I worked in the Air Force and we just became such good friends and sisters and She's one of my favorite people, um, absolutely. Uh, and she'll stay forever on my reference list for jobs and stuff. So um, anyhow, so thank you so much for uh, being on my show, Bianca. It means so, so, so much to me. Um, could you, I guess the first thing is tell people who you are and, and where you're from and all of that. Okay, well, um, so I'm from Chicago. Um, and now I reside in Alabama. I am Air Force retired. I did serve 30 years. I retired in the rank of Chief Master Sergeant. And uh, I had a great time. I was extremely blessed by some of the opportunities that I had. But I, then again, I think I took chances. You know, I didn't stay in my comfort zone. So that, that opened up opportunities for me. Uh, my passion uh, is women. Man, I, I just tell you because I wish, I think I wish I would have had me to talk to mm. when I was younger. I, my mom, I was, I called, I called myself my, my second generation for her. So my sister and I are 10 years apart. So it's such a different generation gap there. And um, I really think she had me to keep my brother company. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think some things were missing in my life as far as nurturing and things like that which kind of sort of led to me um, joining the military. I wanted more. I mean, Chicago was beautiful. It had a lot to offer, but I wasn't fortunate enough to go to college. So I knew it was going to, the jobs were going to be not as challenging. I guess I would say they would have been challenging period, but financially worthy of what I can bring to the table. No. So I said, okay. And that's why I found myself um, joining the military. And then I chose the Air Force actually because I seen a picture that my uncle was in the Air Force. My dad was in the Army, but I seen a picture of my uncle in the Air Force. I asked my mom, I said, 
what's that uniform he got on? And she said, Air Force. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's why I joined the Air Force. I have three kids. Oh. I got three kids and I got four grand girls. And one is here with me right now. So if you hear somebody <laughs> in the background, I'm sorry. I disappointed that. It's called life. That's life. It's called life. So yes. I understand that. Thank you. And okay. So you said something about you, you wanted more. And isn't that the thing that drives so many of us to join the Air, the Air Force or the military? So. Yes, I think so. And I think the Air Force, I think, okay, so for my reasoning, I had already got accepted into the Army. But I knew that the Air Force kind of sort of focuses more on your mindset. Um, so I tried to see, I said, well, let me see what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I got approved. And I said, well, I'm going to go to the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Not thinking that I can fly a plane or anything like that, because you guys got to remember, I was enlisted and, and, and finished my whole term enlisted. But I said, I wonder if I'm going to go in, I'm going to go into the one that's going to challenge me the most, not physically, but mm-hmm. mentally. Hello, not physically. <laughs> no. No, because sister girl couldn't run a lick on a stick. You hear me when that girl, if I had been in the army, I know I'd have got myself out of it. I'm just being honest. No, not physical. No, oh, that resonates with me so much because of the way these shin splints is set up. Baby, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I found those in the military. Didn't know I had them. I Didn't know. Them. Yeah, yeah. Didn't so, know. Didn't know. yeah, I, I understand that. And yes. Yes. So, so as a black woman in the military, um, when we think about, I guess, some of the challenges that, that we face, um, for anybody listening that's either in the military, thinking about going in the military, or maybe they don't know anything about serving in the military, what would you say, what comes to mind when you think about the challenges, particularly for black people or black women in the armed forces? Okay, well... <clears throat> I don't care what you see on the news and read in the media. It is still predominantly white, more so white male than anything. So please do not think you're going in and you're going to be in the majority. You're not. Mm -hmm. So know that. So I think if you have that mindset that, okay, it's not going to be a lot of me here. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have that mindset. I didn't even know anything about it, you know? Um, I think you need to know that first. Okay. So you may look around and you may not see you. Mm-hmm. And I know that's hard when you don't see someone who even resembles you. I can remember going to one base and my husband and I, we went to Walmart and the man said, y'all must be military. And we were like, uh, yeah. He said, yeah, cause we don't got many blacks here. And I said, whoa. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So you think that's okay. So he said that, right? So later on, you know, I'm at Walmart, you know, a couple of months down the road and I see one black person, girl, I ran up to her like I knew her. <laughs> like, wow. So, so understand, get comfortable. I would yeah. say any advice I would give to a woman that's going to join any type of um, uniform services, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You got to be pretty good within yourself. So that way you don't need somebody else to validate you, mm-hmm. you know, and if you don't know what that is, I think you need to search within yourself before you even enter there. Because the whole initial phase of joining the military is to break you. So if you don't know who you are, that initial phase is going to break you and you're going to find yourself back at home. So then you're going to have that resentment. So, you know, just know that that's the initial phase. And then after that, it's all about, hey, we're going to get you trained for the job that you need to do. Yeah. 
Now, understand when you get into that job that you need to do, you're going to have you're going to probably be working for a man. Okay, so if you come from a a, a, a home that's predominantly led by females, good luck, because you're not going to see that. And if you have a, a, a supervisor who is a female, that doesn't afford you any goodness either, because I would say some of the females, they're still trying to find their place. And they're still, I guarantee you, in that chain of command, there is a man. So we're just looked at differently. Um, they all, everybody still says that, you know, women are emotional creatures. A lot of people don't like the Me Too movement. You know what I mean? They don't like the fact that people are speaking up and, you know, want their rights heard. So just know that there's a lot of controversy right now, I think, in the military and people validating roles that other people bring to the table, and especially women. Especially women. You're and don't exactly. say that about women of color. Right. So it's the, the the climate right now in our country is so has so much tension in it, you know, and it is it's okay. So FYI, for those who may not be of color, it ain't new. Right. Um, it's just at the forefront. Okay. We just got to the point where we're oh, okay, we're tired and we're gonna voice it a little bit more, and we're just hoping you can't kill us all. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. That, that's 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 just it. And you, you know what, you guys? I wish people would understand. We're not fighting. We're not even fighting so much for equal rights. We're fighting for the generations that are coming behind us. That's it. We just want them to be able to have a voice, and we want to show them how to use that voice, hopefully in that positive manner. Mm-hmm. Because see, it is our differences that make us stronger. Mm-hmm. You, you really don't want the similar people. So, ladies, if you join the military, it's going to give you a different look than you've never seen before, and you won't see it. Mm-hmm. in corporate America. Right. Sorry. It's not structured that way. Nobody has the structure and the standards as the armed forces. Mm-hmm. So you will learn a lot and you will learn a lot of self-discipline. Right. And and a lot of people think that when they come in the military that um, I've heard some people say, well, well, racism doesn't exist in the military. Sexism doesn't exist in the military. Oh. It no, looks different, but it still exists. It, it, it does exist. They have what they call um, supposedly it's checks and balances, mm-hmm. but that's all who's doing the checking. Okay, so just remember that everybody, and that's anybody, male, female, gender, whatever, is all who's doing the checking if it's balanced or not. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like you, if I don't like blacks, and I could have been in the military. So you guys understand this. I still could have been in the military 30 years or say 25, an officer, and listen, it doesn't matter. Those things that were born in me or that hatred that was developed in me or influenced stereotypes or whatever else, if I didn't stretch myself to see people differently, then I won't. So which means I still have that underlying factor that's going to mess with my judgment call mm-hmm. and it's going to skew everything that I'm over. Mm-hmm. Because my vision is not is not the way it should be. I'm only going to look through a door, through a narrow lens. That's it. Which hampers my leadership skills, style, and management. Everything. Everything. Yes. And so they may not call you nigger, but you might not get put in for that award. Oh no, you're not going to get put in for the award. <laughs> so and and not only are you not going to get put in for the award, you're not going to get put in for the job. Right. <laughs> Um, you're going to see somebody else come in and, and you're going to be like, well, hell, she knew here. You're going to, you're going to train her or him mm-hmm. and, um, 
it's still not going to work. That you're right. going to wind up working for them, possibly. Right. Uh, so I mean, it's just a lot. So I mean, but you know what? You so listen to this. Our ancestors went through a whole lot to get us just to this point. Mm-hmm. I would when when I remember when I was in, I didn't care what branch of service the person was. If I seen somebody that was older than me, you know, especially if they had, if I was at the BX or PX, if you want to call it, and I seen a hat, they said retired, whatever. I told them, thank you for your service. But most of all, thank you for paving the way that I can be here today. See, because it doesn't matter if they were male or female. If they were black. Yes. They set the precedence for us to be able to serve right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like to think that my ancestors that that in the work that I do and and just in me serving and and being where I'm at taking advantage of military benefits and all of that stuff that I'm that I'm doing part of the work that my ancestors sent me here to do. That's right. You're making it better for those who are coming. That's it. You know, and and in your line of work, you're listening. And that's one of the things, if anybody ever wanted to know what's a leadership style or quality they should have, you got to learn to listen. See, it's a difference between hearing and listening. You're going to hear every word I say, but if you take it in and actually do something with it, that's called listening. Right. So, and a lot of people hear, but they don't listen. Mm-hmm. They don't. And, 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 it, and it's, a, it's a neglected skill and it still is to this day. And I tell you, texting and all of that short abbreviated terminology that we use, it hasn't made it any better. And our interaction skills are horrible. Right. Because bullies are made un- behind emails and text messages. That's where they hide behind. Mm-hmm. But to my face, come talk to me. Come have a conversation with me. So that's another thing I would tell women. You need to learn how to talk. Mm-hmm. You need to learn how to pronounce words. But, mm-hmm. it, but eye to eye, ha- look at people in their eyes when you're talking to them. Don't put your head down because you're a female. You better look at that person. I don't care who it is. Look at them in their eyes while they're talking to you. So, I mean, it's just a lot of different things that we, I think, as females should do, especially as we continue to go up that leadership chain. Mm-hmm. You know, you get into those different roles, because why would I put you in charge of somebody if you can't speak? Hold on write? a minute. Yes. That's important. Yes. Because for a woman, and then more specifically, as a Black woman... If you're very passive, if you got your head down, if you're afraid to speak up in meetings, afraid to state your opinion, afraid to state, well, according to this AFI, Air Force instruction for anybody listening, you know, whatever the thing is, if you're fearful, people can sense that. Yes, they can. And they will take advantage of it and run with it. So let me tell you, for those who are in the leadership roles right now in the military and you have a seat at the table, which means you get invited to the meeting, you need to represent. First of all, you need to go to that meeting prepared. You already knew about the meeting. And if you didn't know about it and it came up last minute, you go in there and you take good news. That might be the meeting where you don't say anything unless you really know what you're talking about. You know, but if you did know, you better be prepared and you better be ready to talk when you're asked a question. And if nothing else, if they ever see, they don't have to ask you a question, but they could say anybody else got some opinions about something. Oh, if you got one Mm -hmm. stated now, here's here's the hardest lesson I needed to learn. You don't always have to be the one to speak. Say more about that. Yes. Okay, so I. (laughs) 
Okay, so let's say, I, okay, two, well, actually two things. My nonverbals normally would get me in trouble because if the meeting, to me, no meeting should be longer than an hour. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry because <laughs> everybody got to go to the bathroom. So, and if you got to go to the bathroom, think about it, you're not listening too much to what the person is saying. Okay. Right. So my nonverbals would take over and I be, I guess my eyes would start rolling or something else like that. I tried doodling, but that didn't work well. I guess it didn't have things enough. You know, and if the meeting wasn't progressing well, that that just wow, that it, mm-hmm. it was terrible. Mm-hmm. But so okay, so the meeting wasn't going well, and I would say something about man, this is a show waste of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, FYI, other people in that room probably thought that as well. Mm-hmm. But why did I feel I had to say it? Mm-hmm. See, I embarrassed myself just then when I said that. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. You don't always have to be the one to speak. Let mm-hmm. somebody else say that or let somebody else tell that person who organized that meeting or is running that meeting that behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. So you got to pick your battles. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that when I opened my mouth and said things, people said, OK, well, she embarrassed us at other meetings right. or at other events. Mm-hmm. So I do remember that I was actually held back from an opportunity mm-hmm. because they said they did not know what I would say. Well, because to me, if it was stupid, I was going to tell you it was stupid. If it was dumb, you know what I mean? If you just did look silly in your uniform, I, all these things I was going to tell you. So I had to grow out of that and to me, childlessness. And I had to learn that it's a time and place to say everything. And that place doesn't have to be or that time doesn't have to be something that I occupy. So just know that, ladies, where, where you need to speak up in meetings Make sure that it's relevant to the topic that's being discussed. Yeah. So I guess that's the biggest, you know. Well, point. well, absolutely. And and just so so using your voice more intentionally. Yes, definitely. It has to have some weight behind it. That's it. And you can't just be the person that is just tired of sitting there and you say it. Yeah. You know, and and you know, another thing I would like to tell, you know, people, women, especially black women, be careful who you talk to, because everybody is not your friend. And your enemy could be the woman, the black female that's sitting right there beside you. Sorry. So the most trouble that I had in the military came from us. It came from my own people attempting to tear me down. And I was like, yeah, I I mean, and I was just so, I was so hurt behind it, but you know, you, you live and you learn and you, and you learn. Okay. The dog bite me once I've been bit. You ain't gonna bite me twice. And historically, that's always been the battle. Just because we're we're all maybe the same race, yeah, we're 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 not all showing the same respect for each nope. other. And no, we're not. And, and I, you know what? Yeah. Though, I think a lot of that. I think a lot of that comes from our upbringing. Internalized racism, internalized hatred. Yes, and also I think when you're not securing yourself, yes. You're so busy trying to point out everybody else's flaws instead of working on your own. Yes. So I, I, I would also tell people, take a real self inventory because see, you already know what you're weak at. Yeah. Don't nobody know what I'm, <laughs> I know what I need to work on. Don't no one know what I need to work on better than me. Yeah. But the point is, am I going to accept it or am I just going to cast it aside and say, oh, that's just how I am. Or that's just because of all the things I experienced. That's bull crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's a weakness. That I have just opened myself for, for for people just to just ridicule me because I feel it is necessary to stay the way I am. 
See, growth is knowing that you got some things to work on and working on them. And that's what I said about stepping out of your comfort zone. You guys, we got to step out your comfort zone because if you don't, think about it. In the military, I want to keep you where you're supposed to be anyway. So if you're not willing to step out your comfort zone, you can stay right where you're at. And yes, you will get a job. And yes, you will go up in rank. But that doesn't mean you'll obtain the highest rank. Nor will you get those really glamorous uh, positions. So, okay. So let me let me explain this to you. Wait. Okay. I started out. And what they call the black folks, you know, AFSC is food service. Yeah, okay. services. Or either we food service or we security forces. Yeah. We had a little bit of smartness. They put us in admin. Okay. Yes. So I must have scored a little higher than most because I got diet therapy, which was food service plus the nutrition side. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So there was no way for this little black girl from Chicago with a mouth that can speak faster than most people can hear. Mm-hmm. There was no reason why for me to elevate myself. I promoted myself out of nutrition. Mm-hmm. And by the time I retired, I was working for a one-star general. Mm. Going all around the United States, we have four medical treatment facilities under us. And I think our operating budget was $522 million. Mm. That, see, that wasn't supposed to happen. So just in case you, this is what, you, I don't know if you know this. I'm the only person still in Air Force history that made it up to a Air Force Medical Service Chief of Enlisted. Jeez. I'm the only person from nutrition. What? The only person still still from the field that ever made it up to the command level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So by the time I retired, I had did four group superintendents. Mm-hmm. Nobody else had did that. I think somebody has now, you know what I mean? But this is, this is that black girl now. So that's what I'm telling you guys. If you get out of your comfort zone and, and I'm telling you, learn your job. You got to know your job better than anybody else knows your job. And you got to show it. Telling people you good is one thing, but showing them you good, you back up everything you say. And it gets you in the room. It does. Now, once you get in the room, you got to know how to act. You got to know what to do with that position. You got to know what to do with it. Yes. Yeah. Baby, they couldn't tell me nothing about anybody else's AFSC because I read every training document that they had for every AFSC that was in the medical field. So that way I understood what every job was supposed to do. Let me let me ask you a question. And this wasn't mm-hmm. on our list, but when whether it was when I was enlisted or or just working as a contractor for for the Air Force. I noticed something among black people that would happen and it was, it was really weird. Okay. If, if more than like three of us were in an office together as black people, somebody would inevitably, inevitably say, Oh, we got to get out of here. Too many of us, you know, collecting, we gotta, we gotta go. Yeah. Or, or we were so worried about showing favor favoritism yes. to other black people spending yes. too much time with other black people. What is that all about? So what would happen is, okay, so equal opportunity mm-hmm. uh, was the little mechanism that, you know, we could use in the military. If you felt that somebody violated whatever, any of those rights, you know, discrimination, you know, tools or tactics. Mm-hmm. So I think people got so uncomfortable that anytime they seen a group, and I, and I, and I honestly think that this really was only Blacks. 
Mm-hmm. That and if they see, like you said, more more than three of us together, baby, somebody would say, "Oh, oh, what, what y'all in there plotting? What y'all <laughs> plotting? We just in here talking." Like you we want to race plays. Right, exactly. And I said, it gets me. They can sit down and be a whole slew of them. Yeah. And nobody had a problem with it. But if you got three Blacks together, three Hispanics together, yes. three whatever you wanted together, but especially Blacks, oh my gosh, it was like we committed a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Really? And 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 I, I think it's just that, so we learn how to be smarter to say, we can talk but we don't always have to show them that we're talking that part. That's it. And that is how you know that racism is still alive and well, no matter oh, what, it's de- oh. no matter Baby. where you work. Baby. Yes. Baby. Even in the military, it's yes. alive and well. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's a shame though. But again, remember what did I tell you? We're the minority. Yes. That's the majority. Mm-hmm. Majority rules. I don't care what people say. It still rules. Mm-hmm. So you learn to play the game because life is a game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're working and you want to get a leg up, you learn who to talk to, who not to talk to. Mm-hmm. Another advice I would give anybody is everybody got a supervisor. Don't be so. Stop the chummy stuff with your supervisor because they got a job to hold you accountable for what the things you need to know. But your supervisor, supervisor, now that might be a person you need to have a nice relationship with. Mm-hmm. Because if something happens that is not true or not, how can I say, not real, mm-hmm. when that person runs up to that person and to try to attempt to get you in trouble, right? Since you already have a relationship with the supervisor or the supervisor, that, su- that person is going to be able to say, no, that's not the person I know. That part. Yeah. yeah. Building relationships. Make that person look really silly. Yeah. And they're going to be very surprised that the su- their supervisor even knows who you are. That's it. But that's on you as the individual to get to know the supervisor's supervisor. That's it. And make sure they know the true you, not the suck up and the kiss ass. If you're one of those, then you just take care of yourself whichever way you can and pucker up your lips because that won't work for you. It, yeah. Sleeping with people, kissing up to people, all that. It, you guys, time out for that. Use your feminine ways some other way. That's it. You know what I mean? But not not for that. Not yeah. for that. You set us back. You know what I mean? You yeah. Really and it's only going to take you so far. Oh, yes. And you're going to get a name. And the name is going to be known behind the scenes. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Will you get invited to stuff? Yeah. Because they probably think you're going to do a striptease dance, you know, after the fact or something like that. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So, during your 30 years of being in the military... Once you were getting ready to retire, was that a hard transition for you? No. <laughs> Talk to me about that. Girl, please. So I wasn't, okay, I was in the military. The military wasn't in me. It wasn't my everything. Okay, one thing, okay, so uh, I had I went through a divorce. So, and when I went through that divorce, I had to find out what my identity was again. Mm-hmm. So I was, as another advice I would give to women is don't lose your identity. You know, because I was a mom, I went from a very uh, controlled environment at home. Then I got to the military. Woo! Remember, I hadn't went to college. So that was my first time away from home. Woo! Footloose and fancy, fancy free. Wind up, you know, meeting the guy next thing, you know, we married. Here come a baby. You know what I mean? So my identity never really got developed. And then when I was divorced, I had to figure out who I was again. Mm-hmm. So I would tell people, ladies, please find out who you are. 
and then keep that, keep something about that that makes it in your happy spot. Because you got to have a way to go down and just relax. And I didn't have that. And that's when I figured out I had lost my identity because my identity was wife, sergeant, mother, sister, aunt, all those things. But who really was Bianca? I had lost that identity altogether. So I had to find it again. I had to find out what made me happy and not so much as me making other people happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, and, and if the military is your life, Ooh, you good luck. Then you, you, then you lose your life. And that's why you go into a, a serious depression. Yes. When you no longer have that, that rank in that uniform. Yes. Yes. You've made it your everything. You've made it your idol. It, it 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 becomes people's whole world, and I can't tell you how many of them haven't had that rank, girl. Yes. Oh my God, they think that they are Colonel so and so, they are General so and so, they are Chief so and so, Master Sergeant so and so. Baby, you are gonna get a blue card like everybody else. That's it. That's it. And don't nobody give a heck except the people at the gate that may that may say your rank when you come in. That may because right now they don't have they halfway do that too. Right. Okay. So if if your identity was wrapped up in this military. That's why a lot of people commit suicide, too, once they get out yeah. of the military. Don't be yeah. doing the 22 push-ups for people who actually, you know what I mean? Make sure you know what you're doing. You know yeah. what I mean? And I tell people, don't just get behind stuff just to get behind it. Yeah. You know? I, I, uh, but please, don't lose yourself in this military. Don't lose yourself. Find in yourself in the military. Find, Find yourself. What, what are you passionate about? Who are you? Yes. What do you believe in? Yes. Not just what they told you to believe in, but what no. do you believe in? Yes. You got a lot of off-duty time. You got a lot of free time in that free time. You better develop some habits or something else, you know, something outside this military. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because life, it will end, mm-hmm. you know, and it may end faster than you think you may think you're going to stay into retirement, but that don't mean nothing. I mean, they had the drawdowns before and people got out. You know what I mean? They hadn't planned on those things. If for right. officers, you know, they'll cut y'all legs off from under y'all just like that. <laughs> so, you know, they don't do they don't do it so much for enlisted, but baby, they'll tell you, nope, you got to get out. Sorry. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's it. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. So, with so plan everything, for your future. Plan, plan for your future. Yes. Always keep that in mind because it could go away. You got to yes. be prepared. That's yes. It. That's mm-hmm. it. How are you enjoying your military? Or I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. Not your military time. How are you re- enjoying your retired time? You know what? Okay. So. My daughter told me, she said, mom, seemed like you're more busy now that you retired than when you were in the military, you know, and I think what it is, is just that. So I'm a person that has to have a whole lot of things going on. I get extremely bored. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of stuff and, you know, I, I really like um, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, not really like it. I, I bad choice of words, but I like to help those. Yeah. In that situation, mm-hmm. uh, because I can relate to it. Right. So, and I think if you can relate to something, you need to use that to help somebody else mm-hmm. out of a situation that they just may not see no hope in. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. So right now I do counseling. I, I was working at a shelter. Mm-hmm. I was working on a crisis line for domestic violence. Girl, I was getting all the calls and stuff. Jeez. That was kind of freaky. But I'm oh. like, okay. But you know, I, like I tell you, if you can just stay calm and cool, you can get your way through any situation. Yeah. And I think our whole goal in life is to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you will feel better when you are helping somebody else. So try it on for size. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm doing a lot. I do that. So right now I don't work at the shelter anymore, but I do do um, counseling for the perpetrators of abuse. Mm-hmm. So, and that's interesting because that's all men and they mm-hmm. come in and draws on backwards. So, but it's all right. <laughs> and, 
Yeah, I'm a contractor. But you're helping the abuser. Yes. Check that out. Girl. Right, right. Is this like anger management or? No, it's not anger management. So it's a court mandated program. 19 weeks they have to come in. So more or less, I'm the facilitator. We have a lesson plan and everything that they have to go through. It's beautiful. It's a great program. You know what? And I wish they did. It's really about communication skills. Mm -hmm. It really is. But I wish this was something that they taught at schools. Mm. I really do. Yeah. As a woman, do they, are they listening to you? Are they, are they respectful? And Oh girl, I had to get down with them. Oh, I had to get down with them. They come in and they like, this bitch did this. I'm in this goddamn program because that bitch lied. I said, well, you the dumb motherfucker that slept with her. I said, all of a sudden she the dumb one. I said, all right, come on now. Let's get real with this. You know, yeah. So, so yeah, girl, I, I spit them words out and they look at me. Yeah. You need them right where they at, right there. Oh, yeah, girl, I, I mean, so if they come in and they want to act like they got some sense, yeah, I'm with them. But if they come and they act like they all in the bag of chipping and women are just horrible and we are whores mm-hmm. and this, this, and that, oh, I tell them how 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 good they are. Yeah, perfect. I, mean, I love it. I, mean, I love it. Yes. Okay, so in the hard times when you were in the military, what kept you going? What My are kids. who inspired you? My kids. Yeah. My kids. So as I told you, I was like my mom's second generation. That's how I feel. Uh-huh. I didn't have that nurturing. So I always feel that if a child is born, mm. he didn't ask to be here. So the fact that God, ble- yes, the fact that God blessed me with two kids of my own, out of my womb. Yeah. I said I had to do, and I had, okay, Tasha, it was a struggle. So you got to understand. So anybody out there also who didn't have that mommy, I had a mother, not a mother, not a mommy. Yeah. Okay. So I got what I needed, not what I wanted. Yeah. Totally different. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I had to struggle to learn how to love my own daughter, which is what I had first. I had a girl first. Girl, I didn't know what to do. It was so confusing to me. But once I got past that, Mm -hmm. and then I had a son, I figured like that's what I was there for. I had had to be there because I wasn't going back to work, to that environment that I had left. What? No, I was no, I was not going back home to mom and them. So I had to get I had to get it right. And it didn't matter what challenge I faced. Mm-hmm. I said no. I said I'm always gonna be there for my kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be that example that they need, you know what I mean, to me that I really didn't get. I got I got yes, my mother was strong, she was determined. Like I said, I got what I needed, but I wish I would have had a little bit of passion in there, you know. The emotional so I, attachment, the emotional, huh? the nurturing and, and, yes. and all of that, the affection. Yes. 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 So I didn't get that. So I I figured like my job was to give it and I give it, oh, I give it abundantly. And I have a great relationship with them. And my my kids tell you any day, they'll tell anybody, oh, you broke that generational curse. Mm. So, and I did, and I'm very proud of it. And as I told you, I got my granddaughter here now. And, you know, I I figured like, that's what I'm supposed to do. So they kept me going because trust me. So for any and we're running out of time, but so I'm going to be quick. Okay. Uh, when you think about Black female leaders, can you think of one or two traits or one or two qualities that are absolutely, in addition to what you've already said, that are absolutely important for them to possess? Posture. Okay. I think yeah. your posture means so much. When you walk into a room and when you walk, yeah. it needs to say, I'm confident. Mm-hmm. Everything about you needs to exude confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean you got to walk like, 
you know, you sashay in somewhere, but you got to walk like you know where you're going and you're going for a purpose. I tell you, when we slump over and hold our head down and things like that and don't make eye contact, that already tells somebody, I'm a doormat and you can walk over me. And that may not be the case. Yeah. You know, you could just be an introvert, you know, but understand people judge you by what they see. So, and the other thing I would say again is, is that, that whole listening, you know, just be the leader that you would want people to be. Tap into that. <laughs> yes. Be the leader that you would want yes. somebody to be. I can't help it because you ain't had a good role model. Yeah. Okay. But that doesn't stop you from being it. Yeah. Why can't you be that person that you wish you had? Yeah. I remember working for somebody one time and she said, white female, she, we had, you know, I told you food service, right? The grill. Nobody likes to work the grill. Cook them damn eggs in the morning and stuff like that. Everybody coming in, they want eggs to and pancakes. Girl, they don't want the, they want over easy, but they don't even know what the hell over easy is. Yeah. They heard somebody said on TV. Okay, anyway, so when she had the opportunity, now listen. Now she was my instructor. She was my instructor, seven level instructor. She wound up working for me. Uh-huh. See how good it is, girl. I'm telling you, don't y'all, don't, don't y'all sleep. You hear me? Okay. So be so, careful how you treat people because you never. There know. you go. Exactly. And, and, and regardless of how she treated me, when you get the opportunity to show somebody the good side, you show them how they should be. Like I told you, be the role model. That's it. So when she got an opportunity to do the schedule, and I said, sweetie, you're going to put this person on the grill again? And she said, well, they in upgrade training. I said, yeah, but how much grill do a person need? She said, well, it was done to me. Do y'all understand she hadn't grown past her experience that was maybe 20 years ago? Yeah. She was still holding on to something. I said, but you're in a position now to make it better for other people. And she looked at me so weird, like it hadn't dawned on her. She was only doing what she had always known to do. You guys, somebody's got to stop that. It's nonsense. Thank you for that. So there was something else that we talked about before we recorded. and, And I wanted to ask you about women knowing their value. Can you speak to the importance of women Knowing their yes. value, whether that's at home, at the, at work, in relationships. So, okay, think about it like this. What can come here without you? Not one child can be born without you. Mm-hmm. Okay? So your value is so significant. And it doesn't matter if you have kids or not. So don't say, well, I never had a kid. Scratch that. You are that figure that everybody looks for towards for that nurturing whether you had it or not. So your value, you have you have innate skills in you that you probably don't even know about. So wake them up, use them to make somebody better. And I guarantee you, you bring something to the team, table, home, you know, family, whatever, every day. You know what I mean? And I, I go back to this, what they say, kids, uh, can mom get sick? No, everything stops. Everything stop if mom gets sick. Happy wife, happy life. Y'all think these slogans and sayings came up just because your value is so important. And if you don't know it, then why should somebody take you serious? Right. Think about it. Listen to what I said about the roles. As a female, you if you got siblings, so that means you're a sibling. If you got a spouse, you're a spouse. If you got kids, you're a mother. Auntie, uncle, you know what I mean? Teacher, Sunday school teacher, daycare person. All these, there are so many roles that we are in. And I tell people, that's where your identity is wrapped up in all those roles. So look how much value you have. 
we can multitask and do so many things correctly because of the innate skills that we have. You are just a superior being. That's it. Take notes, people. You are superior. And I don't care if you've never heard it before. I'm going to tell you right now, there is no other you. Mm. Nobody can replace you. Relationships, are go they go bad. Marriages go south, whatever. So what? It's not your fault. That's it. Okay? You are valuable. And don't let nobody take your value down. Don't do it. No if they're taking you for is. granted, if yeah. they're taking you for granted, change the circumstances. The only reason people take us for granted is because we allow it. Yeah, absolutely. And even thinking about what you said, I grew up with, you know, I grew up in an abusive situation, so didn't have that that motherly bond, that motherly love. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have a father. You have to know your value, regardless of who hurt you or hit, who didn't do yes. what. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. You, you, you know what, you guys. If you don't reach down in there and grab it and pull it up, yeah, don't do it. Why not? Yeah. Why not pull yourself up? It's okay. And surround yourself. And another lady, ladies, please surround yourself with positive women. Mm-hmm. surround yourself with the people that you want to be like surround yourself with the people who pull out the best in you not the ones who make you comfortable not the ones who co-sign when you do something or say something silly you guys there's no growth there yeah okay there's no growth there we all should be pulling we should all be pouring into each other to make each other feel better and be better That's and it. if we're not doing that then you guys where's where is the tomorrow where is the next generation yeah won't exist it won't well, it will exist, but it'll be what I told you. It'll the text and, and, and short abbreviating and interpersonal skills will be horrible. And that's you know, it. we we have to be it. We have to be that village, yeah. and we have to be the village for one another. That's it. So I've got some fun questions. Okay. Uh, when you want to dance, when you want to move your body, what kind of music do you listen to? Who do you go to? Well, I go back to the the eighties. Okay. I love the eighties. Yes. Okay. I love set it. Girl, set it off. Play the, play the song, set it off. That's my song. But you know what my theme song is? What is it? Mary J. Blast. Just fine. Oh, that's my song. Girl, that's my song. Cause she said, I like what I see when I walk in past the mirror. Y'all, I'm telling you, that's one of the things. So one of my passions is I try to help people get beyond the person that they see in the mirror when they don't like it. Mm-hmm. I want to get you to that point where you do like when you, what you yeah. see in the mirror. You know what I mean? Because even if you don't like it, I guarantee you somebody does. That's it. You're exactly right. What makes you laugh? What or who makes you laugh? Girl, I make myself laugh. I tell people, you can't laugh at me more than I laugh at myself. You got to laugh at yourself. You guys don't take yourself so seriously. Please don't take yourself so seriously that you think that you can't make mistakes. You can't run into a wall. You can't fall out of chair. You know what I mean? Just just have fun. I have to say, my husband, he kind of goofy. So he think he cool. He ain't really cool. But anyway, and so he do some stuff and it really makes me laugh. It really does. Um, these days, I know you talked about your children inspired you, you know, as you were going through hard times. Do they still inspire you? And if not, who or what inspires you to, to this day? So this to this day, what inspires me is what will I leave when Ooh, I leave this earth? Legacy. Yes. Mm. What will I leave when I leave this earth? Will, mm-hmm. will my children have that? And I already know that this one's already done. Their foundation is great. Yeah. You know, I've done my part. Now, whether they choose to follow it or not, I ain't got nothing to do with that, you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? All you can do is raise kids. If they, they choose to do what they want to, okay. Yeah. So right now I'm looking at what will people remember and what will they say when I'm gone? Because mm-hmm. I won't know. 
Mm. You know what I mean? So I try to treat people the best way that I can. And if I make a mistake, you know, I, I, I don't mind going to somebody admit that, you know what, that didn't come out quite right. You know, now before I probably wouldn't have did that. But now I feel like it's important to tell people when you said something that they may have taken it the wrong way. So, okay, in this class I teach, listen to this. The message is always stronger to the receiver than what the messenger wanted. So I'm going to receive what you said, but it may not be how you wanted it. So it's okay to go back and ask for clarification, you guys. Stop getting offended when somebody says something. Go back and see if you really, if that's what they really meant. Communication skills. Communication skills to the day I die. Yes. Thank you so much um, for being a guest on my podcast. Um, I just feel like you're just so precious to me. And uh I just this is the best interview yet. Um I was so nervous to ask you, like, Lord, is she don't want to do this? You know I would do anything for you. So you guys, okay, FYI, Tasha, y'all, y'all heard her story. And if you don't know her story, you better read a book. But anyway, <laughs> so we're both alphas. Yes. We are both alpha females, which means we will run this, okay? Yes. And the fact that we, listen, we clicked so quick and it doesn't happen like that, you guys. It doesn't. So when you find a friend, you hold on to that friend, you know, and I would do, and you know this, I would do anything for you. And y'all, she had to talk me into not being down there when she opened up her place. Yes. Because I was going, I was going to drive from Alabama and be in North Carolina. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Let's let's put it out there. Make it real. Y'all, we don't talk every day. Right. We don't talk every month. Yeah. We don't even talk every six months. Yeah. That's the type of friendship we have. We're not that, we're not the people that have people that need to talk to people every day. Yeah. That's just not our personality. The love exists no matter what. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so thank you for this opportunity to share. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you all for joining me for today's podcast. And please make sure that you visit me at TashaHunterAuthor.com or you can find me always at Instagram at TashaHunterLCSW. While you are at it, please, if you found value in this show, I would appreciate a rating or a review. Uh, Also share this podcast with others and I will see you all next time.